0: Hey now, Nasty Casties. It's me, Uturusinza Josh Custodio. I hope you're having a nice day. And listen, I know you and I, we haven't always gotten it right. Sometimes on the program, I uh, cast aspersions in your general direction. You, in turn, don't leave likes and subscribes and then reviews and all that. We, we have a an unhealthy back and forth, but here's me. Throwing out the olive branch in a, a series that uh, Maddie so cleverly named... Over the paywall, it's where I'm going to put out one piece of content every now and then, here on the Wrestling Brain podcast feed for free. A preview, if you like, of what it is we're doing behind there for five bucks a month at patreon.com slash j0shc. And so this month, it is the second episode of Howard Stern Month. Uh, this was, of course, the series I did, I guess, reviewing, breaking down uh, many wrestlers, many people in the wrestling industry's interview on the Howard Stern Show, often in the early 2000s, late 90s. This one feels timely with stephanie mcmahon all the news this week about her and her family and wwe on whole she sort of is made to look silly via some of the things she says in this interview relative to how it plays out here in january 2023 if you want to hear the rest of howard stern month if you want to enter my discord which really you do you should just be in there if you like wrestling brain you should be in my discord chatting with me and the rest of the brainiacs in there day in day out about the business we love uh, regardless, I hope you enjoy this. Patreon.com slash J0SHC for the rest of it. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the second episode of Howard Stern Month. It's Stephanie McMahon. It's me. It's Blocked Party and famed comedian John Collin. And now it's over the paywall. josh custodio here for wrestling brain presents howard stern month a thrilling what trip through four of the biggest stars in all professional wrestling's closest thing to a shoot interview that they ever did their visit to the howard stern program at the height of its powers and i've brought on a very special guest today of course one of my favorite people to talk to on planet earth be it on a mic over the phone Sometimes, even in real life, you of course know him as one half of your favorite podcast about social media and rejection, and one half of your other favorite podcast about new metal and other things. I presume the pod <laughs> cast, famed comedian John Cullen joins me on. Oh, famed! Well, in this household, you're fit fa- to me. You're, wow. fa- you're Thank it's probably you. safe to say my most famous friend. I think that's probably true.
1: Oh, really? That's I think um, so. you should get you should get better
0: friends yeah it's not for lack of trying it's a weird
1: thing to say though i was like i guess bet do like i don't know is it better to have famous more famous friends i don't know it's weird it
0: would it would be nice maybe and you're also a fan of entourage so maybe you'll relate to this yeah it'd be nice to get to do that once you know have one friend get famous enough to sort of like i don't want to be the one leading the charge you know but i'd love to be somebody's johnny drama or something to that effect
1: definitely when uh when i was growing up uh my best friend in high school He, uh, him and I like hung out all the time, like every day. And we, we were the ones who watched, like I watched entourage with him basically. And so we always had the, like, and I wasn't even a comedian yet, but we always had the sort of, I would get famous and he would be my driver. He would be my turtle. Not that he wanted to be turtle necessarily, but he liked to drive and he liked cars. So he was sort of like, yeah, man, you buy me a nice car. I'll, I would love to drive it and drive you around. And, you um, you could make the case turtles, the smartest guy on that show. Who For sure. He, he
0: ends up a zillionaire by doing nothing.
1: Least amount of talent of any of them. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he saw a kindred spirit there, but uh, yeah, I, it's weird because I guess like, yeah, having a famous friend doesn't really, not that I'm famous, but I just mean like having someone more famous
0: than me or having a famous friend, I don't think means anything really but it could unlock some funds like there's probably big comedians you wouldn't mind being in a room with that being friends with somebody more famous can unlock for you that's true that's true like i i
1: i would guess the phone number of the like the most famous phone number i have is nikki glazer so i would guess mm. that like you know she's not she's not like a list famous but she's getting she's to be famous. sort of like yeah she's getting to be like i would say c plus b minus list famous and so so, yes, you're right in that, you know, if I was hanging out with her, she could be hanging out with someone who's very famous. And then and then know, who we, knows, they go,
0: oh, I like Nikki, whoa. but I love John. Who's this? Yeah. John?" And then before you know it, you've got the Tonight Show. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> that's that is th- kind of how it works sometimes. Yeah, I think the most famous uh, phone number I have now, presumably Nikki Glazer gave you yours, right? Oh yes, She,
1: yeah. She she gave me her phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not like, not in that way. Not in that way. Like, (laughs) but yes. uh, Through
0: way less. uh, through Doing shows
1: with Nikki. Let it, let it be, let it be said through doing shows with Nikki. I have her phone number, but she did not give me her phone number in that way. I just want to be very clear.
0: I I just want to be clear. Ariel Helwani did not give me his phone number, but I do have his. So that would be the most (laughs) famous phone number in mine How do you have Ariel Helwani's phone number? Marlon met a guy at a party who uh i forget the exact connection so ariel's brother does something in fashion design okay and there there's years and years ago there was a tie-in there uh but i have cross-referenced it with one of our friends who actually has ariel hawani's phone number i suspect you can probably guess who that would be and he's like yeah that's actually his number <laughs> you <laughs> whoa so uh when, when should i cash that in that feels like a, a big decision
1: Like, when you should, like, are you thinking call or text? That's a great question. I hadn't even really thought about it. Because I think texting is he can just ignore it. Because texting,
0: though, he can just ignore it, right? That's a good point. So you kind of have to call him, I think. Do you think I got to call him live on air on a show one day? Maybe on the year-end show. Just be like, let's see if Ariel (laughs) Hawadi answers his phone.
1: But I feel like, no. He's not going to answer his phone live on the air. He probably doesn't even have it on him.
0: No, I mean, when I'm on air. So oh, I'm on the Wednesday show, and I say tonight's look oh, of the show. It's the year-end show. Oh, I'm try calling yes. Ariel Hawani on air. I mean, the thing you
1: have going for it yourself is that you have a wrestling show. So right. and, and Ariel loves wrestling. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. could kind of, I think there's a way where you could, you could maybe even text him and say like, hey, you know, I've got a wrestling show. We're like mutual friends. Or, like, we have mutual... Like, you don't even have to say who it is. You can just be like, oh, yeah, I, I got your phone number from a mutual friend. Um, I host the show Wrestling Brain. They said that, uh, you know, they thought, oh, you know, maybe give Ariel a text, see if he wants to be on the show. And then maybe, that
0: you know, maybe you got something going for you there. My only fear is that he looks us up on Twitter and he's like, are these guys even a real show? What is this? They got, they got well, hundreds
1: of followers. For sure he's going to do that. But yeah. you just have to hope that he's like a man of the people and is like, okay, right. like you could even say like, it's a smaller show, but yep. I'm, you know, I met someone who knows your brother. You could even say that or something like that. Yeah. And that, that's the way to approach it. I would probably I sign think... it
0: the zoobs just, just in case it goes <laughs> to the personal because zoobs got a good personal Twitter, you know, that's, yeah, the that's true. That's smart. Cause I say, think the zoobs.
1: Yeah. I think with, especially with a guy like Ariel, who's in the journalism industry, it's like, they, they need their professionalism catered to. You yes. know, like I, so I think that that's probably the best way to do it as opposed to just trying to get off. Like, uh, you know, you call him in the middle of the show and be like, Hey man, who, do you think the rock's coming back at WrestleMania or whatever it is you say? Like, I think that's the way that you do it is you actually try to like legitimately get him
0: on your show, not do a guerrilla warfare. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that, you know what, this is, this is why it's important to have people like John Colin in your life. Hey, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to, to do my thing, you know? John, I think I know the answer to this question. We're going to ask it anyway. Do you have any experience with the Howard Stern show? Were you into it for any portion of your life? Is there an interview that crossed your path that you, yeah, this is. Howard
1: Stern is a, is really weird for me because I, obviously I'm a, I'm aware of him and was aware of him in the, you know, the late nineties, early aughts or whatever. Um, I th- honestly, the only thing I can remember about Howard Stern is being like a horny 14 year old and wanting to see private parts. Cause I right. remember there being like trailers on TV where it was going to be fairly clear that you'd see naked ladies in it. So then it was kind of like, oh, maybe I got to see this. But I, my parents were also pretty strict about not that, I mean, radio, you can kind of get away with listening mm-hmm. to or whatever, but. Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch South Park. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons until I was like 13 or 14. Right. Um, you know, they were pretty strict about the media that me and my sister consumed. So I think for them, Howard Stern was this sort of like gross figure that they sort of lumped in with that those kind of uh, people. And so I think like, uh, or those sort of shows, I should say yeah, like yeah. the South, the South parks and the stuff. So, so for me, yeah, it was like, I was definitely aware of him, but I did not, I really didn't consume any of him. I mean, I think that's the weird thing about being on radio, you know, like it's like, okay. I remember, um, in your discord, actually, uh, there was a, a place, a, A guy in your discord said that he couldn't identify a Kanye West song if he had ever, like if he ever was faced with one, he would have been able to tell you it was a Kanye West song, which I thought was insane, but maybe that's true, I don't know, but I just like, I think for other media, like music or TV or famous actors or whatever there's a certain sense of like inevitability like you're going to mm. know even if you hate kanye west you can probably most people can identify three to 10 of his songs, if they hear them, if there's a famous actor you don't like, there's a chance you'll watch a movie that they show up in or, you know, like there's there's ways where they're just a tangential part of your life by virtue of being famous, where I think Howard Stern, there is no equivalent to that. Mm -hmm. Like you could easily skate through life never hearing Howard Stern, despite him being, you know, one of the most successful, if not the most successful radio hosts of all time.
0: Well, and you're so right. It, it First of all, your parents were right to not let you listen to this program as we'll get into. And and th- we, I, I have pulled 21 clips. We'll probably get through 15 or so of them. Yes. And I have excluded some of the more like perverted moments of this interview between Howard Stern and Stephanie McMahon. I've included some of the stuff, but others, it was just like, I, I don't even want to play this on my show. That is yeah. talking about this. Like it, it, we, he crosses lines and it's. From a parental standpoint, I think they were right to lump it in with those things, but it really is worse than all of those things. It's more akin to like, I understand why Vince McMahon and Howard saw eye to eye so much because they're sort of driven by the same thing. Like sensationalism and shock is the content. I think Brian talked about it a little bit on his episode, but it's like pissing off a big celebrity is almost his draw more than getting anything out of them. Totally. And some of the questions that he's asking Vince McMahon's daughter here, 26 are, uh, I don't think she's getting asked these anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I think so. So yeah. So to get back to your question, the most I've ever listened to Howard Stern is listening to your episode with Brian. Honestly, mm. that's the most I've ever heard of, of a Howard Stern show. And what and, did you think? Um, oh, I thought it was completely unlistenable. Um, like <laughs> it was honestly like, and I don't even mean that in a content way, although I did find most of the content pretty, um, unlistenable but it's just like it, in 2022 that that style just is it, it's impossible like that there is so much crosstalking. it's like impossible to follow like I would imagine pardon me if you were a big Howard Stern fan like I know you were and Brian was or whatever I would imagine that you it would take you time to cool. acclimate yourself to the style of of interviewing or of talking like I, I I feel like eventually you could get there where you'd be able to parse like everything Howard and Robin and whoever else are saying but for someone who never listened to it and who listens to podcasts where I feel like one of the sort of major uh, tenets of podcasting is like don't cross talk you don't you never want to cross talk you know and it's just like it's unbelievable like they are it's just like machine gun. It's like impossible to even follow. And you could tell in the in the Vince interview that you did with Brian, even Vince seems a little bit like, I'm not sure who I'm even answering to here. And like you said, sometimes they don't even need to answer the question because the uh, Robins already answered it or Howard, or they, or they've already <laughs> asked a new question or I think Vince sort of realized, or at least that's the sense I got. Vince is a pretty, you know, he's a smart guy and he's a cagey guy and he's mm-hmm. very good at being cagey. And I think Vince sort of realized like, you know what, if I just kind of sit back in the pocket here, I won't even act. I won't even actually have to answer half of these questions. Cause they're just going to go on to the next thing or kind of, you know, do do it all themselves and so it was very interesting to hear like one minute of a question being asked and then Vince started of being like wow
0: well, you know i don't think i would ever do that <laughs> and that's the smart thing for him to do there to ride that wave and to your point i remember the first time i heard the howard stern show like i bought a ford focus that had serious radio in it so my era with him where i'm a fan is 13 years after what you would listen to and what we're going to listen to today things are a little bit more polished he's going but there but that initial time listening where there is howard stern robin quivers fred norris benji Bronk, and very often their producer gary dellabate in studio talking it is like part of i think the appeal for me was that i had never heard anything like this but then they also were very innovative where they would do i mean i'm sure this was done before them but i had never heard it very believable skit live ad reads as like part of the body of the show and I was just like, between all these people talking, then them also doing like, Harry, Robin being like, "Oh, you wouldn't believe uh, how great this new vacuum cleaner I got was." And like four minutes later, I'm like, "Is this a fucking ad?" <laughs> like, I, I just had no idea. I was shell shocked by what the show was. So you're you're yeah, absolutely. I think that like getting used to the language and the speed it takes time. There's no getting around it.
1: Yeah, it was it was really a lot to take in. And I think it, it's funny, Stefan and I uh, on Blocked Party, if you're not familiar with the show, um, one of our major bonus episode types that we do is cameos where we order cameos from celebrities and we also find a bunch of really insane ones that are publicly available <laughs> And we play them on our show and we sort of realized, and we, we wrote a piece for the Atlantic where we, where we talked about this, but we sort of realized that one of cameos benefits is that it's one of the few ways where you can Hester a celebrity mm-hmm. with that, with that, with almost no recourse. Cause we had, we had one where we were trying to ask uh, Justin Guarini from uh, <laughs> the first season of American Idol to to apologize uh to Mark McGrath for trying to get Mark McGrath yeah. from Sugar Ray to apologize for us getting a cameo from Cato Kalin I think was our, exactly was the sort right. of tree was the sort of tree there but um. So we so we sent in the one to Justin and he immediately said no and then <laughs> and then wished us a happy Thanksgiving because it was the day before American Thanksgiving. Well, that's nice. and uh, very nice. And then that's what because it had never occurred to us before. And then we were like, holy shit, like because there's money involved with cameo. It's like as long as you are willing to have a celebrity blow past your offensive question and still record the cameo and thus take your money from you like with Justin when he said no he like we got refunded because he was like no I'm not doing your cameo right. he hits no we get our money back but he could just choose to be like I'm not apologizing to Mark McGrath but hey thanks for being a fan on video and still then charge we him. have to pay but we would know that he would see the thing. Anyway, this is a very roundabout way of saying like, this is kind of what Howard Stern is doing in a weird way. He's like, my show is so big that I can get any celebrity to come on this show. And my gimmick is I can just kind of say whatever I want to them Mm -hmm. through the form of a question. And so it's kind of the same. It's like, Oh, I realize I could just mouth off every, any celebrity I want to on cameo, as long as it's in the cameo
0: request box. Perfectly said. And yeah, it is very much his exact technique, especially at this point in time. I mean, it's rare for an interview show to be decidedly about the host. Like when you, when a celebrity goes on Jay Leno, Conan, Jimmy Fallon, David Letterman, you know, any, any of that crew, it is not about largely, you know, there's skits and whatnot, but it's largely about the interviewee and whatever they're pitching and maybe an anecdote and everybody gets home. At this point in time, like Howard is fine with celebrities walking out like does does that's not good him. for him. He probably wants that hundred percent. It, it's he's looking for to keep people listening for another fifteen minutes at every point in time. And it's uh, crazy to see it manifest. Um, so just a little framing as we get into Stephanie McMahon's interview here. Uh, this is where she's entered TV as the she's no longer a wrestler. She is firmly the boss's daughter. Triple H is with her on an on-screen way. He has turned to be come part of the authority. You know, the, the people are largely familiar with this angle who are listening to it. But why it's important to this interview is wh- this interview is basically about Triple H and Stephanie's relationship. In and every- were they a public couple
1: at this point?
0: So on this show. Is where she says, Yes, it's real. I'm actually seeing him. And I couldn't believe it when I revisited this. They get into the China cheating allegations because the last part of this framing is China herself had been on this show six months earlier uh, and had nothing good to say about Triple H or Stephanie McMahon. Being the Howard Storm Show, of course, we will hear uh we're just telling somebody wow china doesn't like you what do you think about that right uh
1: but so what uh what exact year is this like 2003 three okay
0: you betcha um or maybe very late 2002 but uh, i almost certain 2003
1: gotcha and it was yeah it was when you told me we were doing stephanie mcmahon my
0: first thought was oh no (laughs) (laughs) there were some let me tell you i could have pulled some clips here where you would have been like I don't want this to be put out like I do not want to be on on record. And and even though
1: you didn't say it, you're just like, I don't want, I don't even want there to be acknowledgement that I've heard this. (laughs) No, no, exactly.
0: Right. It's like, I don't want to have to comment after the clip. It's like, yeah, super weird that Howard asked her favorite type of underwear. Okay. So let's get the framing (laughs) as we do uh, off the top here on Howard Stern month. Uh, Howard does a thing where uh, the camera crew and the producer walk the guest into the studio for a part of his TV show, the Howard TV uh clips so here's the just stephanie entering the studio a very familiar name he doesn't come up much uh in any of these clips doesn't say a lot during the interview but a very familiar name sitting beside the couch on the couch beside stephanie for the duration of this interview uh let's hear her brought into studio follow me headphones on stay close to the mic the guy that'll be sitting to your right dave Chappelle, a comedian just so you're not completely
2: there's stephanie oh, you're right. there. we're about to cancel you stephanie so
1: bad mouthing her oh. Oh.
2: come on in. <laughs> Good to that's dave stephanie. chappelle hey stephanie nice Hi. to see you how you doing take a seat you. baby let's let's uh, talk a little bit in. okay let's talk wwf right. wwe
3: that's wwe
2: right. we gotta <laughs> change that f to an e so right out the gate,
0: Howard is, has missed the the biggest promotional campaign WWFTE has ever done. Get the F out of here. Uh, Howard's completely forgotten. Introduces her as Stephanie McMahon from the WWF. Incredible.
1: Yeah, love that start. Love that Dave Chappelle's there for some reason. I would guess that's pre Chappelle show, probably, 03?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yes, that's right. Maybe he's like probably working com- comedy clubs in New yeah, York. Yeah, half-baked, I guess,
1: would have been probably out by then or close- Yeah. So, okay. That's funny though, that, uh, that he's just there for it now, uh, you know, now that he's like one of the most famous comedians of all time
0: bizarre combo of people too, stephanie
1: mcmahon and stephanie mcmahon yeah and then what was he saying stephanie was late getting to the studio or something exactly
0: right so they do a bunch of preamble before she gets there about how billionaires don't give a shit about anybody else's time she's 20 minutes late maybe they're not even going to have her uh on the show that is the preamble to her coming on um he also just calls her baby
1: very weird yeah with the and especially like the way that he does it with the like Hey baby, he literally drops octave.
0: It's like, oh come on, baby, baby. let's talk.
1: Come on, come over here, let's talk. Yeah, I don't uh, didn't like that. Didn't care for that
0: part. Uh, Immediately here in this next clip, you'll get the framing of this interview very quickly. Uh, Howard, what Howard thinks of Stephanie made apparent as he gives her intro.
2: You're 26 years old and your dad is Vince McMahon. That's right. And I've been saying you are the catch of the century because <laughs> any guy who marries you might as well back up the Brink's truck right into Vince McMahon's house. <laughs> I've
3: actually you heard single? you say that before. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not single. I'm actually uh, dating Triple H.
0: So there it is, right out the wow. gate. We get confirmation. <laughs>
3: I mean, all the, all
0: the bad things you want to say about Howard, these interviews legitimately give nuggets that are nowhere else to be found in wrestling. Like, here she is being like, I know you think Triple H and China are together in DX uh, and that it's a wrestling thing that he turned, but no, I am dating Triple H. It's weird. See, I wonder,
1: because the McMahons are too smart about this kind of stuff. So I wonder why Stephanie would have chosen to reveal it. Was she thinking that she would rather be questioned about Triple H to avoid being questioned about other things? Like, what's the strategy here because it would seem on its face for stephanie going into the Horned Dogs palace to volunteer that she's dating another wrestler who's one of the most famous wrestlers in the company or the biggest wrestlers in the company at the time how like what is the advantage of her dropping this immediately because she's got to know that now she that's all the interview is going to be about
0: Yeah, I think Howard is so at a a peak in culture here where she understands that trying to dodge it will only make it seem bigger. Like you get a little bit of the Streisand effect going. She heard her dad on, she references her dad's interview on this show. And Vince wears everything in that interview quite well, I would say. Like he's a little rough on the screw job and Brett. Besides that, he accepts the questions. And sort of rides the wave. And I think Stephanie knows that there are uh, hard questions to come and thinks she's going to make like the old man and sort of steer into the storm. What What do you think? Do you have a read on why it would seem valuable for her to do this here? I don't. I
1: don't. Uh, that's yeah. what I was more asking you, I think, as a wrestler. Like, I, I was a big Attitude Era wrestling guy, but I by 03, I was not fully out, but I was pretty close to being out um i i started university in the fall of 03 yeah. so pretty much once i got to college i was pretty much done that makes i mean that's hard me uh, with wrestling say. but but yeah i it's um i i'm not sure like and and may, maybe she just wanted to say it may like maybe she was just like you know what maybe it's time to say it but it just yeah it seems to me like it would be part of a larger strategy to dodge something but i don't know what that something is
0: I mean, China is also going out and doing uh, adult films and tons of horrible press about uh, WWF at the time and her treatment there. This could be Stephanie flexing. uh, I've got Triple H. So uh, it could be that. Howard wastes no time broaching this subject. Uh, We follow. I'm just going to play this clip. Uh, Stephanie says, I'm dating Triple
2: H. Uh, Here's what what, uh, Howard's immediate thought on that is dating triple h we had china on the show she's right. furious with you yeah <laughs> she said bad things about you i'm sure she did she said that uh you stole her man and that triple h now was going to be your bitch because <laughs> if if this is just me paraphrasing right if triple h doesn't do what you know stephanie mcmahon wants him to do that'll be the end of his career so he has to mind his p's and q's is any of that true
3: um well i'm sure certainly from her point of view i'm i'm the bitch of the whole scenario
2: So basically exactly what
0: you were talking about there, right? Let's Howard give all the ropes, say all the bad things and give sort of a amicable answer. Yeah, I'm sure from her point of view, I am the bitch. Yeah, it's always a good like it's it's funny because Howard
1: Howard is doing the technique where he's. He's doing the the Chris James where you like call someone and say, "Oh, I read this magazine and they were saying all these horrible <laughs> things about you." It's like a way to just say something horrible about someone to their face. Yeah, some like people are saying. Uh, uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, this is this is sort of China said you're you're a fucking bitch, um, and then but then Stephanie kind of plays the game too, where she frames it through China also. So it's 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 impressive to me. I, I think I I was. I was impressed with Vince, uh, you know, in, when listening to the the episode you did with Brian, um, and yeah, I mean, immediately, I mean, I've always felt like I've heard a few interviews with Stephanie before, and I've always felt like she's, she is as good at being cagey, but gets a, there's no chance or less chance of rattling her. Yes. Like Vince, Vince, you can rattle. There's like, I mean, obviously the Bob Costas and like, there are, there are certain little bugaboos that you can rattle Vince on and Steph doesn't really have those buttons you can push.
0: You're so totally I find, right. I find She's her to the... be a
1: little more even keel.
0: She's the ironed-out version, right? Whereas Vince yes. can become the Mr. McMahon character in real life. Michael yes. Landsberg, I think, another person that was very yes. easily able to Off get his great throughout yeah. history. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, Howard, unsatisfied, though, with this uh, flat answer, immediately tries to escalate the situation. Okay, well, are you sure? China said bad things about you. Uh, here's what he has to say next.
2: Wow, you won't badmouther.
3: I have no reason to.
2: You have the man. So, uh, who needs to even get into it? Would you fight her?
3: Would I fight her? <laughs> yes. If she picked the fight with me, sure. You would. You think you could t- take her? Take <laughs> her? But I fight. Right. Yeah, she came yeah, at me. Right, if she came at me, I have to take
2: defend
0: it. myself. Would you fight her, though? You won't say anything bad about her. Uh, trying to get the headline, uh, would you fight China? Uh, who, who would you pick in that fight? Uh, Stephanie versus China at this point in time. I mean, how do you not pick China?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, it seems impossible to not pick China for all of for all of China's flaws uh, at the time, in particular. Um, I would pick China to beat up most women on Earth at the time. I'm with uh, you, yeah, and and a lot of men, a, a, yeah, a very a la- large. Chris number Jericho of...
0: included. Yes, exactly. Um. They go back here to what was – this was a popular internet talking point at the time, and I suppose it is also just sort of evidently true. Triple H is putting uh, – attaching romance to his career here in a way that potentially could be risky, and uh, Howard just sort of extrapolates on that point in a way that I think is actually helpful to his audience here.
3: And you change their storyline. You ruin them. You can
2: ruin them. (laughs) Yeah, you could ruin them.
3: (laughs) You, You could. So you it's know.
2: dangerous in a way for him to date you, isn't
3: really, it? I was a big deal. It was a really hard decision for both of us to make. You know, more so for him, I think.
2: Really, but you were so attracted to him because he's very muscular and manly.
3: I just was attracted to him in every way.
2: Who who are we really
0: learning more about here? <laughs> oh, you you fell in love with him because he's really muscular and manly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, that's
1: that's what every girl wants, right? Yeah, just a big muscular manly, manly,
0: long hair.
1: You know, Uh, yeah, it's um, it is funny to to think about. Like, I mean, I guess in a way they're right, but it's also it's one of those things where. So I think it everything like in Triple H's case, it it doesn't really matter because let's say him and Steph break up, okay. And then he gets written out of WWE or whatever happens. How massive is his career after that? Like huge, gigantic. I mean, I guess the invasions already happened at this time and there's maybe not a viable number two player at the time, but I still feel like, you know, if triple H was able, he would just have gotten money from any other wrestling promotion that could have given it to him because he, it would be such an interesting story. Plus, one thing the WWE and the McMahons have shown over time is they don't really care about any of that stuff. Like that's eventually exactly triple H would have come back. Like what's the greatest the wor-
0: forgivers in human history.
1: Yeah. Like what's the worst case scenario for triple H he cheats on Steph, probably right. Like that's yeah. the worst, the worst way the relationship can end is he cheats on Steph. And then he's excommunicated from WWE. You don't think that like five years down the line, they'd bring Triple H back. Of course they would. Like it doesn't. Without question. It's there are carnies. If they can make money off of someone or something, they'll do it. They don't care about the personal stuff. So I, you know, I don't really see, I I get what they're saying. And I do think it's, I'm sure it's something that would have crossed Triple H's mind, but I just don't feel like it's maybe as dangerous of a situation
0: as it might otherwise be. I mostly agree. I do appreciate Stephanie's honesty here, though. Like, it feels like she's being frank, where it's like, it was actually a hard decision. More for him than me. Like, there was this, we had to have an open dialogue. And I I think that sort of insight into the Stephanie Triple H actual relationship is not that common and out there. Um, For this next clip, John, things are going to get a little, uh, I'll say, touchy here as they talk about China in uh, her looks and what Howard and crew think about that. I included this clip because I legitimately remember this being a big talking point. In fact, I will go on the record and say, I remember being a child and thinking this, that Triple H dating China was like, it's like, wait, what? Triple H is like a normal looking guy. And China is like a bodybuilder, more masculine than I was interested in. It was my first sort of encounter with somebody who might found that sort of woman attractive. Uh, They put, of course, put it less couth here. Uh, We'll get to the clip (laughs) and then uh, I'll throw to you here, John.
2: Did you think he was a freak because China's very freaky looking
3: I actually have always thought that China was pretty incredible
2: yeah but not beautiful
3: I well, I do think she's beautiful, but I'm you know I grew up in a world of, of bodybuilding and but
2: wait and a second <laughs> don't you think a guy who goes out with like a, a she- man <laughs> don't you think that he's like a fetishist? I, I didn't you didn't.
3: I actually thought it was pretty cool that he didn't care what other people thought about her I mean he he really I mean he was in love with her.
0: Have you ever heard Stephanie McMahon come
1: across better than that? No, what an answer! I mean, that is an unbelievable answer. Yeah, really. I mean, that's as good as you could answer that question. Howard
0: just being horrible here, calling uh, I think oh. he calls China a she man. Oh God! Um, however, I do remember it being a talking point at the time. Like Howard sure. was not the only person on Earth being like Triple H with China. And oh. I wish you would have led with the fetishist question because that was what people were talking about at the time. Calling her a she-man and all this is is out of line, but well, I do remember this. It is also like, uh,
1: you know, Stephanie is, is really attractive. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's also, you can say whatever you want about her, but especially at this time. Yes. I mean,
0: she... I had it that? bad for Steph McMahon.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, she was not hard to look at. She seemed smart and cool. She's rich. Like, I get it from that. Per- like, I think I think it's fair. It, a fair way of asking this question would be something along the lines of like, oh, you know, it's interesting. Like, Triple H was dating an, a fellow performer, and now he's mm-hmm. dating someone who's in charge. And, yep. you know, she has. she's a lot stronger than you like she's sort of as that sort of bodybuilder physique and you don't were you ever nervous that you're not really his type like right that's there's there was a way of I mean, this is why still, you are a successful broadcaster. Well, it's still an inappropriate question in For my sure. eyes, but like, that's the way of asking the inappropriate question as opposed to, you know, do you think Triple H has a fetish and you're not going to hit his fetish? So eventually he's <laughs> going to tire of you <laughs> um, is, uh, yeah, that's, well, yeah, certainly one way you could ask it. But yeah, I mean, pardon me. I agree with you. Uh, what, what an answer really. And especially like, <clears throat> Triple H and China had not, they were not separated for that long at this time. So to say that about your partner's ex is uh, you know, is very
0: impressive. Yeah, yeah. Going, you know, I grew up around bodybuilders. I thought she was fantastic. Well, not beautiful, though. It's like, no, actually, yeah, beautiful. I thought she was like, and this is a person who's like publicly shitting on you and whatnot. It's it's an ultimate high roading that does make me respect Stephanie McMahon in this situation. I would have no such grace if you, John, wrote in the media being like, Oh, Josh, he's one of the worst Portuguese Canadians that ever stepped foot here. What are you talking about? I I, I, I would would show no such grace, you know? And I wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't expect you to. (laughs) One more clip here on uh, Triple H and Stephanie until they leave it alone for a little bit, and then we return uh, more on their sex life. But here, Howard wondering uh, some of the finer details. How did Stephanie steal Triple H away from China? Again, something I remember people legitimately
2: wondering at the time. Here we go. How did you get triple h away from china
3: well i mean he was in love with her at one time they were you know so but by the time i came around things weren't so good right you know from from as i understand it yes but they were still living together they were still living together and you know there's a whole lot more detail that i'm not what happened she wasn't putting out (laughs) 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 i don't know (laughs) that i didn't even want to know
0: so is that both uh, McMahon family members admitting to cheating on the Howard Stern show? <laughs> oh yeah, well they were living together when we were when we first met. Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no. I mean, that's the thing. I I think, again, now that Steph is going down this road, she has nothing to gain from pretending not to be the other woman. I think mm-hmm. right. Like mm-hmm. I think it's at this time. I, I'm trying to recall this this era too. But I think. The predominant discourse was like Triple H cheated on China with Stephanie because yes. because of the storyline and they were spending all this time together because of the storyline. And then they, you know, started hooking up or whatever was happening. Um, but, yeah, I, I think in most of these scenarios, not just this one, but any type of sort of cheating ish scenario. If it's apparent that you are the other woman or the other person, um, it does not behoove you to pretend that you are not. You, you, you That's know, a good point so I, I i think i think she sort of knew that uh you know the horse was out of the barn or you know so to speak at at that point
0: for that uh we finally exit her dating life and we learn a little bit about the youngest mcmahon's childhood uh howard has spoken openly on his show over the years about struggling with raising kids as he was super wealthy because he didn't know what to do with it like he didn't want to raise assholes but didn't want to their life to be hard so i think he's genuinely curious in this topic i've heard him bring it up lots of times about like children of rich kids he's this is a well that he likes to pull water from and uh he'll do it again here
2: when you were growing up were you always like in the lap of luxury did your dad always give you everything you wanted
3: if i really really wanted something yeah
2: did you go to private schools
3: i did i went to greenwich country day school
2: so that's pretty good life
3: yeah well then i went to greenwich high public school because i hated private school.
0: I didn't know that tidbit about uh, her switching to a public high school because she didn't fit in private school. I thought that was kind of. Uh, I would like to know more about that. I
1: do. I, I think it's. I mean, you know, you can never know these people in a, in a in a truly uh, you know frank way or personal way. But it is kind of insane that Vince McMahon seems to be like one of the more insane <laughs> people that's ever existed, like yes. megalomaniacal people that's ever existed. And both Shane and Stephanie seem like kind of normal. Makes no um, sense. Like it makes no sense. And like Stephanie, I don't know as much about, but Shane is truly like, no one has a bad word to say about Shane. Everybody I love loves, it by the boys like, in the back. Yeah. Beloved by the boys in the back, everybody who works for WWE, people who meet him on the street. um, Like he just seems to be a very normal and gracious guy. Stephanie appears to be, you know, very intelligent, um, I think has a pretty similar reputation as as she says here. Like it is kind of a sweet move to be like, yeah, I I didn't like private school. Like I just wanted to be a normal girl and just go to like a normal high school. Like it it feels kind of
0: Vince, doesn't it? In what way, like a Connecticut blue blood that doesn't really fit in that world, like is partially wrestling like the it's yeah. it's like the two things in, in conflict with the, one another. I guess so. But
1: I also think that Stephanie is kind of a could have been a blue blood if she wanted to. be. Mm-hmm. Though. So that's the thing. It kind of doesn't matter if Vince is sort of the guy that doesn't fit in, if she wanted to be, you know, attractive, rich you know daughter of this guy like she could have easily just gone through life as a Stepford wife if she, wa- if she wanted that life so but yes I, I but I do hear what you're saying that there is a sort of sense of like oh you, you know I never really fit in with those kids but but she could have I guess in a way that Vince probably couldn't have
0: totally well and, and even on top of that it's just Everything we know, and I'm sure it's been blown up a little bit, but about Stephanie and Shane is that, yep, they were gifted positions of importance at their dad's company. There's no doubt about that, but that they also worked like dogs. Like everybody that is backstage when Stephanie is on the SmackDown writers crew or Shane is on the the business communications end is like Vince made these guys be around all the time. Like they were actual employees. It was no... Uh, fake job, collect a paycheck, like these people were there Monday to Friday and traveling with the production and doing jobs, which I think does a lot over the long term to sort of break down that wall of, oh, I'm hyper rich and I'm only around hyper rich things.
1: Well, I think too, if if you are the child of Vince and you have this air of approachability to you that Vince does not, then it is also, it's probably got to be a little easier to curry favor with the, with the boys in the back, so to speak, if you're sort of like, look, I know my dad can be an asshole, but, yes. you know, or whatever, like being that sort of middle person, if you're, if you're graceful at it, I think it would, yeah, it would allow you the opportunity to be kind of accepted in that way also, where it's like, I'm not Vince, but I am kind of Vince. I can be a conduit to
0: him for you, and I'm a little more sane. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the old man, I'm so glad Howard asks this question. Of course, people listen to the first episode this month with Murder Brian. will know Vince talked about cheating on the Howard Stern show. But an interesting question here. How does that affect the daughter who is listening to her dad talk about cheating on her mom on the world's most popular radio show? Let's get to it.
2: Does it bother you when your father gives interviews and he says he cheated on your mom?
3: Not anymore. It doesn't? I mean, it still is a little like, dad, you know, okay, everybody knows now. You don't have to rub it in. But Right. Were you angry with him? At first, yes.
0: You don't have to rub it in. Like, it's reading is bragging to Stephanie a little bit that her dad is has been with all these women on the radio. It's interesting, right?
1: Well, and also, like, yeah. Who wants to hear about their parents' sex life in any way? My parents have been married for 35 years, and as far as I know have never cheated on each other or di- I don't want to know about their happy consensual sex life. Never mind like yes. a, you know, never mind a cause then it's also too, I think when you when your parents have been together for a long time and they're happy and whatever you can just kind of put that out of your mind. In my mm-hmm. mind it's like okay, well, my parents had to ha- had to do it twice, once to have me and once to have my sister, but other than that I don't really have to acknowledge the existence of them having a sex life whereas if you're like I just couldn't even imagine that. Like it's just such a different life that you're you know, your dad not only cheated on your mom but then he's talking about it a bunch in public. Like it's it's fucking weird. 100% like, so, so when people approach is, you knowing
0: like people yes. talk to you knowing that your dad has cheated on your mom. Like that, that frames how people are going to approach you with family discussions. How totally. are your parents is off the table, you know? Yeah. And There's, in a weird
1: way, you're like expected to answer for it as their child. Too, exactly. Also right. So like a weird, like, uh, Hey, your dad cheated on your mom a bunch. Uh, <laughs> how do you, what, how, what do you feel? You know, how are you reckoning with that? And in a way, you'd feel like you kind of have to defend your parents a little bit. Like, I think that would be your instinct would be like, it's wrong, but also he's still my dad. So there's this weird sp- space you've got to be in there. Like, well, especially if
0: they're staying together like Lyndon totally Vince did Um, up here. Next totally. is a little bit more about Stephanie's role at WWE right now.
2: And you also
3: wrestle. Yeah, I have wrestled. Okay. My well, character's not really a, a wrestler per se, but right. I have wrestled.
0: But when you say you write some of the storylines, who's in that meeting? Is it you and Vince
3: and Shane? And a team of writers. No, yeah. oh. Shane was at one time part of the creative process, and now he's uh, he's been more involved in the business.
0: So not a ton to break down there, but just I thought... Uh, like we were talking about actually there at work and this is the point in time where shane's moved to the business end and i think we'll leave wwe to go start what has been described to me as chinese netflix uh within like a year or two of this 2005 six something like that so uh shane on his way out the door here and now we're back uh howard needs to know more about triple h and stephanie i'll just let this clip play
2: you and triple h fall in love does it take him a long time to get into your pants does he really have to prove himself to you before you give it up or do you just get crazy right away
3: well it took us a long time to get together
2: right you got so together when that we first finally
3: time. did get together was it good it was great
2: he bangs you very good oh yeah hard
3: when i like it hard
2: yeah sometimes soft
3: <laughs> right can you believe this
0: <laughs> it's great stephanie mcmahon is on the radio and howard's like you guys didn't wait long after you met to hook up, did you? It's like, oh no, of course not. Uh, they already fucked you hard, right? Well, yeah, but also sometimes soft. It's like, this is on the radio. It's like, it, it's still years later, really hard for me to wrap my mind around.
1: Yeah, it, it is for sure. It, it's It's interesting that it's interesting that, yeah, like, I guess again, for someone who is not super familiar with Howard Stern how he sort of became this guy um is is fascinating i i don't i don't quite know how you get to a point where everybody just goes like okay well i'm going to go on the howard stern show he's going to ask me about my sex life i'm going to answer about it honestly and everybody's Crazy. just going to be okay with that transaction like it's it's just fascinating that it you know obviously howard carved his own path here but it's just interesting that he has sort of become the guy where that's just totally uh that's totally fine um to to ask about and and not upset. I mean, obviously, like you said, I'm sure he has upset some people over the years who maybe weren't expecting it uh either. I think you brought up Michael Landsberg. I think he was a guy. So for those of you who are American listening to this, uh Michael Landsberg was a TSN guy who hosted a show called Off the Record. Um, and it was sort of what the name implies. It was meant to be a sort of deeper dive into athletes and personalities. And he, it was often a panel. um, So he would have three or four guests on and they would all sort of debate the sports issues of of the day. But he would also do one-on-one interviews and he did a lot with wrestlers. He was clearly like a wrestling fan and they respected him. But I think if you're like a wrestler and you go up to Canada and you're being asked to be interviewed by this guy and then he starts like really digging in, you'd be like, what the fuck? Leave Why me alone. Yeah. What is TSN? I've never even heard of this network at like, <laughs> shut, shut up, man. Leave me alone. Whereas it is interesting that Howard sort of has this, like, I think the only way you could be upset with this is, sorry, I guess my example would be if you didn't know Howard, like if right. somehow you sort of didn't really know him or you never listened to the show and people just sort of described him to you as like, oh yeah, he's like a shock jock. He talks about sex a lot on the show. In your mind, you're not thinking like you're gonna go on the show and he's gonna be like, So your husband, like he fucking rails you, right? Like he <laughs> just, he bangs you out, right? And you like it. Like you that would be the only way. So it's interesting to me that most of the people who go on his show, there's just this sort of unspoken contract where it's like, Well, he's gonna ask me about this and I'm gonna be like, Yeah, I know what the people wanna hear. They wanna hear that Triple H fucking bangs me out.
0: Well, and it is interesting, right? Like finding out of course. Like there, there's no denying that when he is like, How long did it take you and Triple H to hook up? It both crosses the line and is something I want to know the answer to. And I don't exactly know how to resolve that within myself. Uh, but it's it's everybody's uh, curious about everybody else's sex life, especially if they're famous. Like, of course. No question. Yeah. Shout out to Triple H though, doing something called soft sex. I I haven't personally ever, uh, <laughs> uh, or I, I've heard of it, but uh, shout out, shout out to my man, uh, the man of nine H's. Uh, the, this is like it seems nuts on its face, but I see what he's getting at here. Howard wondering if Triple H and Stephanie have to go to Vince for permission to start dating. This is a workplace relationship, yeah, totally.
2: Uh, dig in.
0: But does she have to ask her father permission because it's elite, you know it's
3: against the rules? Well, Did you go
2: to Vince and say, "Listen, I need the rules broken here"?
3: Well, he could see. <laughs> what he was saw happening. what was going on. Yeah.
2: Vince is no dummy. No. That I know. So, so he sees you messing around with another and wrestler. And he gave
3: us the okay, and then he took it away.
2: He took away the okay. Yeah. Why?
3: Because it was just. You know, if we really were going to be together, it would have to be a big deal. It would have to be the right thing to do. And so he let us come together and then he made us be apart, and we came back together again.
0: So, so we're led to believe Vince McMahon, a giant believer in uh, if you love something, let it go. If it uh, comes back to you, it's yours. And if it doesn't, it was never yours to begin with. What the fuck is Stephanie talking about here? Vince said you guys can date. Then said you can't date? I've never heard of this outside of this uh, this interview with Howard here.
1: Yeah. Um, it is strange. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's also just weird. Yeah, like the whole situation is weird to be like, yeah. hey, dad, can I F this guy? Because that's <laughs> the other thing, too, is like that's kind of what she's getting at as well. Yes. Vince was just sort of like, if you only want to bang Triple H, I'm not really into that. But yeah. like, if you want to, if you, if you think you could date or marry Triple H, then okay, that's a different conversation. I don't want to stop your love from happening, but like, yeah, if you just want to get the pedigree, uh, then, you know, <laughs> we're, I can't, uh, I can't abide by that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it is an interesting, but I, I guess I, I don't know. I sort of get it in a way, like not, maybe not the exact, kind of thing but i understand what vince is saying that like it's not really good for business if triple h is cheating on china with stephanie and then it just kind of ends and then everybody's just sort of like oh yeah triple h fucked stephanie like that's yeah i don't know i so i i sort of agree but i don't quite understand the like i'm banning you oh you can't be together i'm
0: banning you <laughs> yeah going you. back on it seems like well first of all, seems like a very fired big- <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to, to Triple H. What yeah, exactly. About the relationship, he's like, "I'm so yes, exactly. gonna put the belt on you, kid." Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not gonna give any context to this next clip besides uh, Howard asking the real questions.
2: Okay. Yeah. Triple H shave his legs.
3: Uh, yeah, he shaves his body.
2: Do you wa- you watch him shave his body? Do
3: give you him. have to help him? <laughs> Is it a ritual? I, I don't have to help him. He's actually pretty good at it. But he
2: doesn't shave his pubes, does he?
3: Uh, no. But he's, he's uh, blonde, you know right? he's groomed. <laughs> Okay, you watch in, your blade
2: shave his
1: legs. <laughs> in 2003, I feel like shaving pubes was was in. I feel like yeah. Howard sort of being like he kind of is almost insinuating that that's sort of maybe not very masculine. Hey, does he doesn't shave his pubes like a fucking woman does, he, yeah. you know, like that's kind of seems to be the sort of context around, here. Yeah, yeah, which I, you know, I don't like uh even saying, but I but I do think that seems to which is strange to me. I I never I don't I just sort of feel like porn becoming bigger because of the internet sort of made it that there was just this kind of unspoken thing that everybody just sort of started shaving their pubes. Yeah, I don't think I ever got into a conversation where it was like, oh, you shave your pubes, you fucking wuss. Yeah, man. what a wimp.
0: This guy shaves yeah. his pubes, everybody.
1: Well, yeah, you don't, like, I mean, oh, my girlfriend bald it.
0: would be one thing. but uh, I, the, Yeah, but he,
1: grooms. he grooms. I'm with you. <laughs> he
0: grooms. Really uh, I I so badly wanted Triple H or rather Stephanie to say no he doesn't shave his legs. <laughs> what question is this? The guy clearly has no hair. that nair no does he wax? Like what is Howard trying to get at here?
1: Yeah, I do, again, I think it is all he's 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 kind of trying to trap Stephanie into admitting that Triple H is like not manly. That seems yes. to be what he's kind of getting at. That like. I, at the end of the day, though, these wrestlers, they're all kind of a little fifi, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: shaving their legs and play fighting out yeah, there. yeah,
1: they they touch each other. They wear speedos. they shave their pubes. you know, it's yeah, it's it's a weird line of questioning, but I guess that's sort of the, you know, and m- the m o for Howard here is to just kind of that's that's what he he's realizing he's not really getting anywhere interesting with Stephanie at least so far. She's had the right answer for everything. So maybe he's trying to just be like, Okay, maybe I'll attack his masculinity. and I of throw some shit break. at the wall. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, we're right back to it. Uh, more and more sex questions about Triple H and Stephanie. and I'm I mean, he,
1: He's got to ask her about how big his hog is, right? That's got to be coming.
0: I don't think we actually get that really? wonderful question. We get something very close here, though. Okay, all right.
2: And uh, Triple H and you have sex, what, three times a week?
3: Well, when we see each other.
2: Right. That um, much.
3: Well, you know, I don't even count.
2: You seem very lovely.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what is that? You and Triple H really fuck three times a week, right? Yeah, yeah, when we see each other. You seem very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> but three times a week ain't bad. That's pretty good. That's great. But Stephanie I mean, especially
1: doesn't like, yeah, if they're seeing each other once a week and they're having sex three times, then good, you know, good for them.
0: I re- I respected a great deal. Howard can't get enough. Um also now interested. Very lovely. We we wow. retreat all the way back to her childhood out of nowhere. You're listening to this interview live I was like where is this from? Uh, Howard wondering if Stephanie ever got bullied.
2: Did you go yeah. with famous kids to the Greenwich private school?
3: Greenwich Country Day. I don't really Day. remember any famous kids, except they all looked down on me because I was wrestling. Uh, you
0: know? I was going to say, is that a little problem, you know, that like, uh,
3: you're looked down upon because of where your money comes from? It just makes me, you know, want to fight, really. Money.
0: Playing the world's smallest violin for Stephanie says at the Greenwich private school, people looked down on her because she was attached to wrestling. Just makes me want to fight. <laughs> Hopefully not China.
1: Fight. I just want to. I just want to fight, man. She just wants to scrap it up. She doesn't care.
0: Stephanie would probably do okay in in a fight against most people who aren't China, right? Yeah, I think
1: so. I think, I think so for sure. I mean, she's taken some pretty big bumps over her uh, over her life and stuff. You gotta, you know, your brain's got to be working in a bit of a different way to want to do that kind of thing. So, I, yeah, it, it but, definitely. And she even said too, like, if China wants to
0: fight me, like I'll fight her. I guess I yeah. wouldn't even say that. Well, now I would, but, oh, okay. but not, not in 2003. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm saying I'd be, I'm saying she could have kicked my ass in 2003, but now there's no fear attached to it. I don't need to, she's not going to see this and be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tough guy. Oh yeah. Gray bull. Gray bull. Yeah. I don't need that.
1: Yeah. No, uh, I, it, it is funny to, I mean, I think though, a lot of celebrities and children of celebrities, they always want to create this sort of origin story that, you know, life was hard for them without question some way, right? They got to relate to the common man, son of a preacher, man. Like they just need, (laughs) they want to just have some kind of element of, no, no. Life was hard for me also at times, you know, and I honestly, I believe her in a way, like, I I don't think she's making it up. I could totally believe if you were in grade school, um, the other kids making fun of you because your dad runs a wrestling
0: company. One hundred percent. I could believe that. Especially if they'd like seen any of the programming. Vince is a very easy guy. if be like, that guy's your dad? Like you start doing the walk and totally, shouting everywhere. Totally. I suppose maybe I was a little hard. That, that that's Like I guess point.
1: if she's, so she's 26 in 2003. Yeah. So she was born in 1977. So in grade school, she's coming up in the like rock and wrestling era. So I could totally see like, yeah. so probably had to deal with, oh, it's fake. That's right? true. That would have been the big like, oh, your dad runs wrestling and wrestling's fake. You know, like I bet that was most of what she was getting bothered for. And I like I said, I could totally imagine that being the
0: case you ever think she was getting bullied and ran to her big brother, Shane McMahon, and he started like doing the shuffle and throwing those terrible jabs, doing yeah. the hand thing on well, the how playground? How do you think he learned them? <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that was that, that was real you. The whole playground went quiet, and then all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> money!
4: Here comes the money. And then money, <laughs> Shane, money, money. And then Shane yeah. just coming
1: out like, you making fun of my sister? That <laughs> would rule. That yeah, would man. absolutely rule. Shane, actually, sorry, Shane didn't come out of the door. He was standing on the roof of the school and he was <laughs> yeah. uh, ready to yeah. jump onto a pile of six guys from twenty feet up.
0: He'd been up there for six months waiting for this moment. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: totally. Uh,
0: two more clips here, John, uh, and in this vein, Howard asks a very specific
2: question: What is Vince like as a father? Is he a good dad? Is he like a, a nice guy to deal He's with? He's a great dad. He is. Yeah, and if,
3: very entertaining.
2: And if you said he wasn't a great dad, would he disown you? No. Do you have your own house or do you live with your dad at his compound?
3: No, I have my own house.
2: <laughs> Rapid fire.
0: What's he like at his dad? Uh, okay, first of all, entertaining, probably the nicest word you could use to describe Vince McMahon. We all know what Stephanie means by what is Vince like as a dad, she's as entertaining. Off the fucking wall, on the moon. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And th- again, it's it's a question where you're just trying to get the question off. What is Stephanie going to say? She's not going to be like, oh, he's a terrible dad and, uh, you know, this and that. Like, also, he just probably was mostly absent. I mean, realistically, like when you think about the WWE schedule, he was an announcer for a long time. You know, he's at every taping. He's at every like he wasn't around. So sure. Yeah. When he came home, he was funny and he was nice to me when he came home. He did all his cheating on the road. So I never (laughs) saw it like, you know, It's oh, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just, pardon me. Like I get, I get asking the question because I'm sure people would w- wonder about that because he seems like an insane person, but there's just no way you're getting an answer, a satisfying, <gasps> Jesus Christ, sorry. That's okay. Uh, there's no, there's no way you're getting. <laughs> I'm just like losing my mind over here. Um, But yeah, there's just no way that he is, uh, or sorry, there's no way Howard is getting, like a straight answer to that or an interesting answer to that question.
0: No, they're too media trained, too savvy. They know what's coming. It's very smart. Also, I feel for you. There's nothing worse than the hiccups, but I do know how to get rid of them. Uh, if you're ever interested, I have want it's not even
1: a hiccup. It's like an acid reflux. Oh. It just like comes up my, uh, what is what's, but what, go ahead. What's your hiccup tip?
0: Uh, so you have to breathe. So you empty your lungs. Okay. okay. Yep. Empty out everything. Yeah. Then you swallow twice. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you have to empty your lungs through your mouth, I should say. So you breathe out through your mouth okay. all the way, close your mouth, Yeah. give yourself enough saliva to swallow twice, yep. and then refill your lungs through your nose. It resets your diaphragm. I've never had it not work. And like an old wives' tale thing that always – it makes my oh. stomach feel a little weird, like it's holding it there, but uh, it always works for me. I used to get hiccups all the time.
1: Interesting. Okay. I like that. I like uh, – it sounds very um... – life hacky oh you it, got the hiccups it's time for you to reset your diaphragm.
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's how i'm gonna make my millions,
1: Three but... easy steps on resetting <laughs> your diaphragm
0: john we're gonna close out the stephanie McMahon howard stern interview uh with a fellow comedian uh you may oh. remember that dave chappelle has been sitting three uh, feet uh yes. to the stephanie's right you have only heard him in one, one of these clips for like two seconds and he actually, and maybe I'll I'll go to you first exiting this clip, I think his takeaway from Stephanie is actually very similar to mine exiting this interview as Dave Chappelle here puts a nice bow on it, I think.
2: You know, she's really down
0: to earth. I gotta say I'm impressed by this. Yes, me
1: too.
3: For a billionaire, she's really great. Right, yeah. yeah, I've never met somebody. You gotta qualify. <laughs>
1: Very interesting uh, seeing as how Dave Chappelle would uh, not heed the lessons of Stephanie McMahon (laughs) uh, (laughs) and uh, is a guy who doesn't have a billion dollars, but certainly has multiple millions of dollars uh, uh, who is like maybe one of the least down to earth people, Um, you know? uh, Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, If I ran ran into him, I'd say, remember
0: Stephanie, Dave?
1: Yeah, remember Stephanie McMahon. Remember what you said. Um, Do do you think he
0: remembers being on that couch with Stephanie McMahon? No. Yeah, probably not, right?
1: No way. No way. No way. I mean, especially if he was on Stern a decent amount, you probably wouldn't remember that. And then, I mean, I mean, maybe I guess, like, maybe what you would remember would be in the context of wrestling's on tv or something and you're right. with your friends oh hey i was on the howard stern show with her once or whatever but, yes. but yeah dave dave does not uh i've been around dave Chappelle, and oh. uh he has no he has no time for the common man does uh does dave
0: so um uh, it's not sickening you know i i would next time i see dave i'm gonna say be more like john cullen five there's a guy. It, well, <laughs> there's a guy who's always got time for for a guy on the bottom, you know. Re- reaching down to pull <laughs> the others up, Dave. Well, I'm not so... fa I'm not famous, so no one really cares about me, but yeah, the um could you get famous for my benefit? Could you could you just continue your upwards from? Really, uh, you know, not even for your personal gain, but really just for to sort of anchor me up. A couple yeah.
1: levels. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I can, like I can it... bless you with the occasional appearance on Wrestling Brain, and then <laughs> I remember uh, one of the more recent, like, funny examples of that is um, Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. we 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 tried to get her on Block Party, and we were so close. Like, her publicist said yes, and it <sighs> was like just like right before she blew up and just like got out of our reach. Um, so now we're just the best we could hope for is she sees something on Twitter and agrees to be on our show. Cause her publicist is having none of it, <sighs> but, uh, but we were so close, but in that sort of like vein of being like, Oh, you know, she's doing these other shows. It sucks. She's not doing our podcast, her guitarist who she's been making music with forever and is like one of her best friends has a magic the gathering uh podcast that's also uh like uh, on youtube as well and she guested it on it and i watched part of it and she just like definitely has never even seen magic before in her life <laughs> and they're like asking her these questions about magic and stuff and it so it's like It's that kind of thing where it's like, I can, you know, I'll get famous and then I will bless your wrestling show. And people will be like, why, why is he doing a a rest of of all things? things, He's doing this wrestling Twitch stream. Like this is crazy. I need this,
0: Um, but we need the bump. CM Punk love- leaving has hurt us. We we need the other straight edge superstar to step up and bring us there the it ratings. Is. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, yeah. So we that's uh, I would I would love to do that. I would love to get to a point where I'm saying no to most things, but I'm occasionally showing up on wrestling. Brain <laughs> and people are very confused. Uh, that is such it. a cool guy move, isn't it? I, it is. It's totally what I would do. And yeah, like Dave, uh, I was at Just for Laughs in 2016, and Dave was there. And this was kind of right around when he was sort of reemerging yeah. as a, as a stand up. Um, he had been back, I want to say for like a year or two, but it was sort of his first major appearance at Just for Laughs. So he was doing shows like all week, they were all sold out. Um, and so they do a a Friday night, like industry party just for laughs goes for like three weeks, but the major part of the festival is a week long. So the, the one Friday they do this, they do this industry party and it's only for comedians and industry. You have to have a pass to get in. There's no public tickets. It's on this rooftop in Montreal and, or this like rooftop bar and, uh, for, it's crazy because you think like it's already pretty exclusive to get in there but then in the exclusive party there is another exclusive like caged off vip area for the very famous people the vvips the vvips and so like uh mike myers was at the festival that year so he was in there pete davidson this is before oh yeah just, just like right when he got snl but he wasn't in the cage. He was just chilling with people outside of the cage. Blake Griffin was there, not in the cage. Blake, Blake is a, I'll tell you this. Blake Griffin is a man of the fucking people. Fuck and yes. also he's six eleven, So you can find him at any time. And people were finding him and he would have reason to,
0: to be away. Totally. He's the
1: easiest to spot. Very cool guy. Jennifer Lawrence was there. She was just kind of like, she was in the cage, but just kind of milling around. Dave Chappelle comes in with like a, 20-person entourage. And... What has them walk through the party because the cage is at like the other end of the party? Yeah, and has his entourage literally form a line through the people, and Dave is in the middle of the line, so you kind of don't even really know that he's one of the people that's, that's in the line. So, and they corny. walk through the party to the cage, and then Dave gets in the cage, and then he never leave. He won't leave. All most of the other celebs who were in there at times would leave it. Oh, they see their friend or whatever. They didn't really care, but Dave was the one guy who was acting above like, that yeah, sucks. Mike Myers, Jennifer Lawrence. There were some other SNL cast members there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just like these big uh, Dennis Quaid or no. Yeah. He's the normal one, right? Dennis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dennis Quaid. Cause they had done a reading of the big Lebowski. That's what Jennifer Lawrence was there for, for whatever okay. reason. They just did like a live, reading of the big Lebowski. And so Dennis Quaid was there to do that too. Cause I think they were shooting one of the X-Men or something in Montreal. Okay. He was Got around. He was around. So, but so there were, there's like legitimately famous people there and Dave Chappelle was acting more famous than all of them. So that sucks, man. Yeah. It's, it sucks bad. So it's like, Dave, uh, you know what? Like um, he'd, he'd this, Heed your own words of advice. Be Stephanie McMahon, be, be down to earth. Be chill.
0: Just be and, a, just be a guy. And Stephanie McMahon should not be more grounded than you, Dave Chappelle. She is the son of maybe the most insane living human being. Uh raised in a the most wild industry your ass could ever imagine. And here you are out there, you're telling jokes and, and you're acting like this. It's no good. It's no good, Dave. Time you're to... listening, Dave, and we we need you we need you to both listen to the show need and listen you, to me Dave. when I say do better.
1: Do better, Dave. Do and better. that's not the only thing you need to do better on. No, oh, Lord, know, if, you know, if you know what I
0: mean. I know what you mean, John. Thank you. And also, John, thank you so much for joining me today hey, on uh, my Howard pleasure. Stern month here on Wrestling. Radio. And uh, did you did you have fun doing? I was nervous because like John doesn't know Stern, but I feel like oh. this interview was novel enough to to be interesting to listen to. Dude, are you like you've
1: seen my other work? Like this is nowhere. <laughs> this is not even the worst thing I've watched in the last week well this wasn't even bad like howard stern is good at his job he knows like it's entertaining it's not i've watched seven episodes of and just like that the sex (laughs) in the city reboot and i still have to watch three more i've watched some of the worst content i watched Last Christmas I watched uh Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Oh, oh. Uh the, the the movie that is essentially a 1-hour sermon delivered by Kirk Cameron in a car. <laughs> um it's it's fucking wild. I mean, even if you're if you're don't watch the whole thing, but watch the first like 30 minutes, I'm is I'm going to. It, dude, it's incredible cuz there the the conceit is So first of all, the movie starts, Kirk Cameron is just addressing the camera, fully breaking the fourth wall, being like, you know, Christmas time was always a special (laughs) time for my family. And I wanted to make this movie, not acting. Not acting like it's, it's uh, like the opening of an infomercial (laughs) and he's like sitting in a nice chair, explaining what the movie's about. Then the movie starts, they're having a Christmas party. One guy's acting like kind of a grump, a Scrooge, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. he gets so upset with the party that he goes out into his car. Like, he's like, I can't handle the party. I'm just going to go sit in my car. And then Kirk Cameron follows him outside into his car and he's like, Hey man, what's going on? And he's like, look, man. Christmas has changed. Christmas used to be about the Lord. And now it's all about commercialism and capitalism. And then Kirk's like, no, it's about the Lord. And then he like tells the whole story of Christ's birth, but it's literally just to this guy in an SUV. It's barely a movie. They shot it in uh,
0: two hours.
1: Oh, it's not like, and it's, and it's a lot of it is him just like proselytizing in the SUV, but it's also, uh, they'll do like uh, flashbacks or forwards or whatever, where they're talking about like, Jesus's story, or but it's like it is
0: batshit insane. So you're almost selling me into it. This is now, Uh, now I've almost gone all the way around the horn, and I don't think so. Because you know, you gotta admit, they are forgetting what Christmas is all about. (laughs) Uh,
1: I agree with the premise, I just don't agree with who's delivering the premise. Uh, actually, I don't agree with the premise to be honest. I'm not a Christian guy, so but, but, uh but yeah Yeah, anyway (laughs) this was nowhere near the worst content i've ever consumed to be on a podcast and i also didn't have to consume it either you just picked clips and you it's a little different when it's like hey do you want to be on my podcast i need you to watch this 90 minute movie that fucking reeks uh a it's a little that
0: was part of my pitch to brian and kath was like you won't have to watch a minute of this like you just show up i'll play the clips you respond yeah, it uh it was totally
1: great. Fun fun to be on the show. Thank you for asking me. Um yeah, it's I'm I'm thrilled that uh you know that you that you were a fan of this because I do think it is interesting from a wrestling perspective because I would imagine there's a lot of people like me who would have never consumed this content when it originally aired and I yeah, I think it's some some interesting artifacts like you said the closest these wrestlers get to doing sort of shoot style interviews I I think is right and I think um this one in particular really sort of builds up the 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 idea of Stephanie McMahon in my mind I feel like yeah she was was very impressive throughout this interview
0: I'm totally with you it's despite an interview being set up to where she's set up to fail almost or it could at least She could be reduced to the dumb bimbo rich daughter of Vince, who's trala lying around with Triple H. And she exits this interview as like a cerebral making choices, very together person who everyone in the room acknowledges is down to earth and a major catch. It's deeply impressive john totally. what's going on in the block party and pod cast worlds what's, oh uh,
1: what is what's ever going on there you know uh well I, I love block party it doesn't it doesn't get any better than that as far as podcasting well, goes for me geez. thank you very much i appreciate that yeah block party uh, as you said it's uh off the top of podcast about social media and rejection we have a guest on every week to talk about a time they got blocked on social media and hey I don't know if you've heard about what's going on right now with this Elon fellow, but we, we might all be blocked pretty soon. Okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're 208 episodes deep. Uh, It's me and Stefan Heck, who you may know from the online world. Uh, We have a guest on every week. We've had a lot of great guests on the show. Uh, So if you're new and you want to check it out, we've done episodes with Tony Hawk, Ike Barinholtz, Nikki Glaser, um Josh, Josh Custodio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the four yeah, biggest people, stars. <laughs> people love wrestling brain. Josh was actually on the show pretty recently, so that's a good starting point if you want to check it out. Um, and then the PO is my episode cast,
0: still the highest-rated episode of Block Party there's ever been. Is that still many the case? people
1: many people have said that? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I haven't I haven't looked at the reports in great detail, <laughs> but um people have been telling me that it is my people have been telling me. Well, you and I you and I always joke. Was it on his podcast the Chris Jericho quote? It is easily. I mean, you want to talk about wrestling guys being stupid or like being on the radio or and and coming across as impressive. Chris Jericho always comes across as very stupid. But the uh, the, the quote you and I quoted all the time to each other. But it is one of the greatest quotes that's ever been said, where he talks about fozzy shows and calling his manager and he says yeah you know uh i call my manager and they say yeah we sold around 700 tickets well what does that mean that's not useful information to me have we sold 690 have we sold 714 i need to know the exact number that information is what helps me i don't around 700 what does that even mean it's like
0: it you're means around to, yeah.
1: 700 what is what are you talking
0: about you're just trying to sound like a super a type super business man i need answers It's like What does around 700 mean? Like you need to know if it's 694 or 711. I'll tell you what tells you that around 700. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: it makes no sense. It's such a funny fucking quote. I I loved it. Um, But yeah, if you enjoyed Brian on this show, uh, Brian Quinby, he is my partner on the POD cast, which is a monthly review show where we review a classic new metal album. Uh, it's a lot of fun. People seem to, if you grew up with that music, especially, uh, people really seem to enjoy it. And we're just about to hit episode 40 on that one. So wow. uh, there's a lot to, a lot of stuff in the catalog to go back. We've covered a lot of new metal. I mean, again, you want to talk about consuming bad content. Um yep. I've done You've a hit lot most of
0: most of the major, like if somebody went and looked at the feed of the POD cast right now, most yeah. of the seminal new album, new metal albums are there already covered, right? Like they could go just...
1: Um, some, some, but we, okay. you, you got to kind of space out the seminal ones, you know, right. you can't just go guns a blazing. So we've done, we've done, I think two Deftones albums we've done. Yeah. We've done white pony and around the fur and we've done, um, I think, Two corn albums, no three. We've done the for the first three corn albums, the self-titled "Life Is Peachy." Follow the leader. Done Lincoln Park's debut album. We've done three Limp Bizkit albums. So yeah, okay, like a couple, ask, a couple, a yeah. couple Slipknot albums. So like yeah, we've done the major guys, but w- again, we're sort of spacing them out. We don't want to do Smart. them all at once. And uh, yeah, we've done a lot of uh, really, really bad ones like Puddle of Mud, and uh, we just did American Head Charge, which wasn't as bad, but. Hollywood Undead, that's a band that's really oh, yeah. I remember uh, really, those guys. really bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we kind of cover it all. I mean, we really try to incubus we've done P.O.D. Papa Roach, like yeah, I, I know
0: people who love this show, the POD cast. And of course, friend of uh people will know this. Bobby Burritos, our very own. Oh, yeah. Uh, did go. the POD cast shirt, which I absolutely he love. Did. So Very great, very great
1: shirt. Yeah, it's uh that's at merch.blockparty.com if you want to just see that great design by by bobby exploder creative club very uh, very, very good, nice very good man and uh yeah so if if any of those tickle your fancy uh that's what i'm doing you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at cullen the comic
0: and with that that closes up stephanie mcmahon's interview with howard stern we'll be back next week to hear uh the words of one john cena on this program, a man uh, crystal clean, maybe the most polished, nice guy wrestler of all time. Uh, we will be listening to his interview on Howard Stern where he comes across as anything but with a very special guest. Uh, come back for that next week. Thank you so much for your patronage. And until I talk to you.